as we all know, one of the main things that any faith, Christianity especially, um, promotes, pushes, is forgiveness. And so, you know, as I've asked in, in a few questions, in a, in a few articles that I've done, you know, would, would somebody like Hitler be forgiven um, if he turned to Christianity? Would somebody like, oh, I don't know, any, any of the, the, the mass murders you've had in the world, or even somebody like um, Peter Sutcliffe, would these people, if they turned to Christianity, would they then be forgiven doing what they had done? You know? One of the things that I've always had conflict with is that Christian ability to forgive. The Bible says that no matter what another person does to you, you must offer them forgiveness. You must forget everything that has gone before. But I can't help thinking that there has to be a line. Where do we draw that line? Is there a limit to what a Christian can forgive? Once he or she has been wronged three times, they cannot forgive again. Or was it four times or five times? I agree. Holding on to the pain that somebody else has caused you for too long can be destructive. I know I've gone through it, as, as many of us have. But surely that is just a human emotion and, and a natural common sense that we've all been born with. So with that in mind, do we forgive those who bomb our cities? Do we say, hey, it's okay, I forgive you. I don't know, I just can't get my head around it. With everything which is going on, as I've previously mentioned in the Ukraine, you know, if I was a true Christian, what I say to Putin and his, his soldiers, I forgive you. No. So the Christian, and I, I say Christian purely for explanation, I know there are many, many varied religions and religious teachings and followers. So if I say, for argument's sake, the religious follower then, their ability to just accept the atrocities and put it down to the devil and just carry on baffles me. As a true believer in God, whichever your calling may be, you are taught to accept everyone. Well, that doesn't happen. You are encouraged to help everyone, treat everyone as equals, to be tolerant and caring, to preserve and worship all life. As an example, there is a religious group called the Jainists. Been around for centuries are, in my opinion, one of the reasons I find religion so confusing. Jainism is a religion of non-violence, non-destruction, and equality to every living thing. It dates back to around a recorded date of roughly 500 years BC. However, it is thought to be much, much older than that. This is why I find Jainism so confusing. Religion, to me, and what I've been taught, what I've read, and what I perceive to be, is all about existing, living and growing, both physically, mentally, spiritually. Jainists believe nothing should be killed to serve us. This includes any animal, bird, beast, fish or fowl. 
No plants should be picked to feed us, no vegetables, no fruit, no wheat to make bread. Nothing should ever die for us to live. So what do they eat? How do they live? Heavy-duty followers have been known to commit spiritual suicide by refusing to eat or drink. Anything that has lived simply cannot go past their lips. Where is the religious sense in that? On the flip side, if you look at Jainists in detail, you will see that their symbol is actually a swastika. We all know what that does. We all know the swastika was used by Hitler's Nazi party during the war, but it was actually a symbol for a cross used by the Roman Empire uh, 2,000 years before. So what I'm trying to say here is that religion contradicts itself all of the time, going back to forgiveness. Forgiveness is so, so impossible to read. As a Christian, would you forgive someone like Hitler for his war crimes? I know I'm being dramatic and argumentative, but I am trying to understand. Another one of the great movies, I suppose you could call it, is Dracula. The story of a uh, vampire living in Transylvania in a castle who comes to Britain up into Whitby to buy a castle and ends up killing people by drinking their blood. No, it's based, of course, on a Bram Stoker book, um, but the actual character is based on Vlad Anakali Tsepesh. He was the crown prince of Carpathia, as it was then, um, in the early 1400s. And he indeed went to war with the Turks. And yes, he actually did spike hundreds of Turkish soldiers on big wooden spikes. Um, and yes, he did drink their blood because he thought that they, uh, the blood that he captured would give him strength. And he did actually become a Christian before he died. This poem gives you a little bit of a sense. I've, I've stolen a little bit of, of wording here from a book all about Dracula, or rather, all about the Anakali Tsepesh family. So this is my version of it. It's, it's called A Division in Blood. As his hand touches hers, she freezes. As his mouth nears her neck, she cries. As he bites her virgin skin, she is taken. God, in whom I have no faith, help me. As the trickle of life drains, she has to let go. As the pain subsides, she has to accept. As he holds her life, she offers it freely. I do not believe in you. Did not. As the vampire's tongue leaves her, she longs once more for his taste. As his cold ice grip releases her, she wants to be held once more. As his eyes look into her soul, she will give up her soul forever.
But if I am to believe such evil exists as I have become. As he smiles with teeth still red, she knows who he is. As he walks away with her heart, she needs to go with him. As the morning light breaks, she fears she has lost. Then I must pray such good exists as to have mercy on what remains of my soul. For I am the night, I am the wolf, the blood of innocence stains my hands. Now I want to kill. I am Dracula. As I said, we're all aware of Bram Stoker's gothic novel of the blood-sucking vampire Vlad Dracula. Of course, we know this particular story to be an elaborate essay born in Stoker's mind, but the, the man, Vlad, the real prince of Carpathia, as I've already said, was a real man, real myth about surrounding him, people feared him, he was a great general. Gypsy folk stories and legends intending to frighten the bravest knights are where the origins of Stoker's novel was actually born. Vlad III, Dracula, bears no resemblance to our anti-hero of Hammer Hori movies, other than that as leader of his nation's army, he indeed was responsible for many of his enemies' gory and bloody end. So my question is, as he reportedly, as I said, became a Christian at the end of his life, would he then be forgiven for all the people he killed? You might say his killings were justified because they were in, in a war. No, they're not justified. <laughs> 